Good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you all for being part of today. I'm Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. And beautiful outside, isn't it great? Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those great days when you go home and just stay there because you can't go anywhere because of the traffic. That's the way it's really going to be. But no, it's, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for being part of today. And if you're here for the very first time, um, welcome. It may be a little bit different than churches you're used to, but uh, this is a good place. And um, we love God and, and know how much God loves us, and we want to grow in our relationship with him. Hey, we are in a series we are, we are, are calling Those People, you know, Those People, because in life there are always what? Those people, you know, there's just those people that are around. There are people in our lives that just sometimes drive us nuts, sometimes make us crazy, but all the time we're called to what? To love them. We are called to love them. Jesus said the two greatest commandments are to, number one, love God with everything we've got. Love God with everything we have, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said the second is just like it. He said we're to love our neighbors as what? As ourselves, to love them. And so our neighbors will include, of course, those people. So how do I love those people? How do I live and love with those people who are critical or hypocritical or annoying or selfish or bigoted? How do I do that? And that's what we want to spend a few minutes talking about this morning. Let's, let's pray. Okay, God, thank you. Now, we have some moments to um, grow inside in our hearts and our minds. And um, may you speak to us and may you change us. Um, for this morning, and give me the right words to share, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, today we're going to talk a little bit about manipulative people, manipulative people on this one. I'm going to take a little survey, if I can. How many of you have ever found yourself being manipulated by someone? Someone getting you to do something you don't want to do. Go ahead, get your hands up. Okay, get them up higher. Now do both of them, both of your hands. Now pat your hand right in the Bible, being a really accurate account of human behavior, and it really is, is full of examples of people trying to manipulate other people. Some people will be very critical of the Bible and say, can you believe the kind of people that it talks about there? It's like, of course I can, because it's an accurate account of the way we are and the way we respond. And there's manipulation going on all over the place. Early on in the book of Genesis, there is Jacob and his brother Esau. It says, one day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. They're brothers. Esau has the rights of the firstborn son. Okay, Jacob wants it. And also, Esau is hungry, and Jacob's made this stew. And the rights of the firstborn is a pretty big deal. You're in charge of the property when dad dies and all this kind of stuff. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright's mine. So Esau swore an oath there by selling all his rights as a firstborn to his brother. What word is that? Manipulation. Okay, you see the manipulation that's going on here? In the Bible book of Judges, chapter 16, the famous Samson and Delilah story. Samson is being manipulated by Delilah. You know, tell me the secret of your strength. You know, tell me the secret of your strength. Tell me the secret of your strength. And the Bible says this. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. (laughs) The, The King James Version says... 
I like this. His soul is vexed unto death. His soul is vexed unto death. Any of you being vexed unto death right now, do not answer that one right, right here. And, you know, we can laugh about stew and we can laugh about being vexed unto, unto death. But, but honestly, some people do try and pull our strings, don't they? I mean, there are people out there that will work to manipulate us and they will try to get us to do things that we would never want, want, want to do. What is manipulation? We, we kind of know what it is. I mean, we know, certainly know when it's happening to us. Here's a definition. Um, it's being unfairly controlled or influenced to another's advantage. That works, doesn't it? You're being unfairly controlled or influenced to somebody else's advantage. And in a deeper sense, because there's a spiritual component to it, it's this. It's surrendering the direction of or choices of our lives to somebody besides God. God has some direction for our life, and God has principles for us to live in, and it is surrendering the direction or choices of our lives to somebody else, not just simply God. So therefore, God, I'm going to move you aside, and I'm going to now surrender your working in my life to do what they want to do, not you. And this is where it can get kind of dangerous, and it, and, and it can be through flattery, you know, or threats. I'm going to break up with you, you know, if you don't, or I'll never call you again, or it can be passive means. I thought I could depend upon you, you know, those kinds of things, or guilt, after all I've done for you, or, you know, you can just go on without me, that's okay, or if you really loved me, all those things. And advertisers do it all the time, by the way. Advertisers will do it all the time. Pastors will do it. Some of the time, okay? Some of the time. We will, we will do it. And, and what it really is, is, is it's when people really grab the strings of your life and begin to lead you into a dance that you really don't want to do. You know, they grab the strings of your life and they're playing them around and you end up doing stuff that you'd rather prefer not to do. That is manipulation. And there are people out there that will do that. And so the question is always, how do we handle those people, or how would God want me to handle those people, or how do I survive or respond and interact with those people? Again, three, I would say, prayers. First of all, God, God, help me recognize when someone's trying to manipulate me. Help me to be able to see it. Another example of attempted manipulation, and this one is actually Peter attempting to manipulate Jesus. It says this, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. I mean, this is all plan. This is why he's going to come, okay? Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. You see it? You see what he's doing here? Now, sometimes for some of us, we've been in a relationship so long that we don't recognize it anymore. They lead, we follow, they bully, we just do it. They make us feel guilty, we cave in. A husband or wife has power or intimidation or control. A wife withholds something from her husband until he responds the right way. A bully threatens someone younger or smaller. It it, it happens. Sometimes it's good intentions. I mean, they have the best intentions in life. They're just going around it the wrong way. 
somebody who loves us, who wants what they believe is the best for us. And this is the case with Peter. I mean, he loved Christ. He loved Jesus. He just wanted what he thought was the best. And what Peter was saying to Jesus is, you can do better than this. I don't want this for your life. How, how do I know when somebody's trying to manipulate me? I mean, how, how, how do I know that? I mean, how, how do I know? Well, sometimes we just intuitively feel it. But, but first of all is they will lead me to feel guilty, okay? They will lead me to feel guilty. I don't say they will make me feel guilty because guilt's my own thing, but they will lead me to the point where it's very easy for me to feel guilty about it. You find, hard it, you find it hard to say no because you'll feel really guilty about the thing. Or they'll make you believe that you're the only one that can solve their problems. Only you can. Or they make you feel that you're responsible for them, what they do and how they should feel. And so you have all this guilt going on. You start doing stuff that is against your values or against what you know is right to do. The second is I begin to compromise my values to please other people. I start to compromise my values, my standards, what I know God would want in my life and for me so that I can please somebody else. I'll compromise what I believe is right just to please them. Or I'm pressured to do something that I know I shouldn't do. Um, this, is, uh, this, is a lot of, this is a big problem with premarital sex. Um, I, do, um, I do couples counseling and I do um, premarital counseling. I've done postmarital counseling. I don't like doing that very much. That's always um, pretty brutal. But sometimes um, as I'm doing premarital counseling, you know, they, they come in and they want to get married. I'll say, great, you know, let's meet for a, you know, a bunch of weeks and so we can get this thing straightened out and squ- squared out and all this. And, and, and sometimes one person in the relationship wants to, what, what God, wants to follow what God says re- regarding premarital sex and they will, they will abstain. And, and, and the other person will say, why should I abstain? And I said, well, there, there's a word for premarital sex and that word is, anyone know what the word is? fornication, you know, which is a pretty high-octane word. And I said, and God just says no. And it's not, it's not good, not just because God's a killjoy, because there's all kinds of deep spiritual stuff that we get into as we move on in the midst of our premarital counseling. And you realize how critical it is in the whole relationship to work this thing out God's way. But anyway, um, um, the fiancé or boyfriend pressures them into sex. And I'll probe a little bit about this, and, and, and I'll say to them, because I want them to you know, get this thing going right, you know, and understand what love is and what respect is and care and all this kind of stuff. And, and, I, and I will say, because she might be feeling really bad, and I'll say, I'll say to, to the guy, did you know her stand on this? You know, did you know your, her stand on this before you pressured her into this? And he'll say, well, yeah. And I said, and you went ahead and put pressure on her anyway? And I'll turn to the young woman and I'll say, how did that make you feel? How did that make you feel? When he knew your standards on this, but he pressured you into doing it anyway. And she'll use words like disrespected, used, unloved. And I'll have to say, you have to understand, at that point, he loved himself more than, and she'll answer me. And that's what manipulation really is. I love me more than I love you. Because I'm going to get you to do what I want. I'm going to put you in a position where you'll have to do what I want you to do. Because at this point in time, and this is the depth of the problem manipulation, I love me a whole lot more than I love you. Um, manipulation. I love me more than you. 
Second prayer, God help me to put healthy boundaries in place. And we need really healthy boundaries. Good example of a boundary, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not God's. Notice the strong words that Jesus used. Notice the name he calls Peter. So when your, your mother-in-law is trying to manipulate you, just call her what? <laughs> Don't do that. Craig Rochelle of Life Church um, says this. You can say to the person who's always threatening you, listen, why don't you go ahead and follow through with your threats? Because I'm not going to give in to that anymore. That's not biblical love. This is not mutual submission, and this is not, not going to work on me. You want to threaten, go ahead and follow through on it, because that's no longer going to work. It's just not going to work. And so what we end up doing is what we can do is now we redefine we redefine and we take the power back in a loving way and say, I'm not going to let you control me in this way. I'm not going to do that now. I, I, mean, I mean, what's the alternative? Without communicating healthy boundaries, what do you do? You end up going into this passive-aggressive situation or you cave in and do what they want, but it goes against you. And then you end up with resentment. And so giving in to manipulation doesn't work any which way for us. Any which way. Just say, I'm sorry, I can't, and I won't do that. I mean, how many of us will resent others because we've been manipulated by them? I mean, you still have that, and it has put a wedge in the relationship because you felt like you were manipulated from that. And so we resent them, and the whole relationship gets messed up and it kind of goes off on a tangent and an angle and then you begin to add those kinds of things up in your mind and it's, it just doesn't work out. Last one, last prayer. It's God help me to see my need for control and surrender everything to you. And this is where, again, I said every part of those people out there is also part of us, okay? Um, just because there are those people doesn't mean I'm also not one of those people at some point in my life. It's this, it's helped me, God, because it's easy to recognize when it's about them. It's hard to recognize when it's about me, because oftentimes it's all about me. It's so easy, God, to zero on, on those people. Help me to remember every day, all the time, in one or another, I am one of what? Those people. And here's the rub. I, I, I can't speak on behalf of you, but I can tell you an awful lot about me that is... This is because of the broken nature in me, and this is where the Bible and theology talk about my human nature. Because of the broken nature in me, I do two things. I will do two things, okay? I become selfish, number one, and number two, I want to be in control of my life. Those are the two things. Okay, you add those two things together. I'm selfish, and I want to be in control of my life, and I will then have a tendency to do what to you? To manipulate you. Do you see how, how that works itself out? And the Bible and theology and logic tells me that this comes within from part of my sin nature. And as a result, I need things to go my way. I need it. I just I need it. My selfishness and my need to be in control and my fear of not being in control, i got to have things go the way I want. And so I'll work to make things go my way, and I'll say the things and do things. And dig a, a little deeper on this one is the core of this is I'm afraid to lose control of my life. 
I don't want to surrender my life away. I'm afraid I'll lose control of this. And here comes the problem for us with, with God. Coming to God means surrendering yourself to somebody else. Okay? When you come to God, all of a sudden, you're faced with somebody that says, I want all of you, not just a little piece here and a little piece there. I want the whole thing. And a lot of times we try and escape that realization that God wants the whole thing by saying, what I'll do is, and here's what some people do, I'll depersonalize God. Even if I can depersonalize God and make it just some life force out there or in nature, then I really don't have to worry about the idea that he wants to control every single part of my life in a loving and right and holy way. So a lot of times we'll just depersonalize God and kind of push him out there. And God says, no. And Jesus says, that's not the way it works. Jesus would say, God is Father, not force. And he cares about the number of hairs on my head. And as a result, he cares about every detail of my life and wants to be involved in every part of my life. Not in a controlling, throttling manner, but in a loving, caring way. One time I was working through this relationship with God thing, And again, we want to keep it within control. You know, I want to say, okay, God, I'll I'll let you be in control, but only this far. Jesus says it doesn't work that way. It can't work that way. And sometimes we want to say, God, I'll serve you if. Or God, I will serve you when. Does that sound familiar to you? God, I'll serve you if, I'll serve you when. Those kinds of words are what kind of words? They're manipulation words. Jesus says two things. The Bible says, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Those words basically mean give up everything you've got for God. Now, it's a good deal because you can't keep what you've got anyway. So you might as well give it up to the source of life and the source of love. That's surrender and God is telling you what that means. This life is not yours. It's not about you. It's about God, and it, it's about others. You know it. I mean, you know it deep down in your heart. And sometimes there's fear in this. We'll say, God, if I give up the rights of my life to you, what's going to happen to me? Well, he's, the, he's your creator. He's the one who loves you. Jesus said this. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Sometimes we're afraid to give ourselves up to God. What do you think will happen if you do? Do you think God's going to say, oh, great, I've been waiting for this your whole life and just you wait how hard I'm going to make your life and how miserable I'm going to make you because you've made this decision of course not he says that my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light God I I pray right now we pray even at this very moment some today might be holding on to something that they should be giving to you And they're fearful of it, and they're afraid of it. And I pray that right now, at this moment, in your presence, there would be a spiritual breakthrough. 
that by faith he would hand this to you and never take it back. Trust you, God. It may be a child, it may be a friend, it may be a spouse, a parent, a condition, a situation, a fear. You're saying, I want to hold on to this because I need to control it. But God's saying, you know, control is just an illusion. It's just a myth. I'm in control. Give it to me. Give it a name and say, God, I trust you with this. Maybe even just under your breath, you could say, God, I do trust you with this. God, I thank you that your burden really is light. And as, as you're praying right now, just in this moment, I've got some great news for you. Um, there are many of you that God brought here today for the, the biggest surrender you've ever done. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning, you've never fully surrendered your heart and your life and your past and your present and your future to the only one who can really make a difference, the one who cares, the God, the creator of the universe who loves you. And the problem is your self-will, my self-will, our sin separates us from God. And God is the one who is good. And God did something. He did something you couldn't do for yourself. He sent Jesus, the sinless Son of God, who became obedient to death on a cross and shed his blood to pay for the wrong stuff that you and I have done. And he was raised from the dead so that we could be all those things that we sang in the song, forgiven and changed, healed, transformed, blessed. Today, surrender every bit of all your life Maybe saying, Jesus, take my life. I'm not going to hold anything back. Holy and completely, I want to give it to you. And God, thank you. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you are good. Always good.